Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Wednesday, February 21st. Once a month, we get this gentleman in our studios to talk a little elections, talk a little bit about deeds, and answer your questions. He is the Ottawa County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Justin Roebuck. Justin, good morning. Welcome back, sir. Hey, Gary. Good to be here. Glad you are with us. If you have a question for Justin, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Before we talk a little bit about elections in the early election period, I do want to bring up something that will be brought up by the Holland City Council tonight in a um, in a rare work-study session they're going to have after their meeting. Now, normally, Holland City Council has a work-study session alternate Wednesdays with meetings, but they're holding a work-study session after the business meeting tonight to go over changing some of the council rules, how they mm-hmm. conduct business. And one of the rules that they're going to be discussing, not voting on, but discussing, is changing the time limit on public comment in their oh, work study sessions and their business meetings. They give a generous five minutes, I believe, of public comment. That's what it yeah. is right now. Yeah. They want to cut it down to three. Gotcha. As one that has to handle, or shall we say, <laughs> sit through public comment <laughs> at Ottawa County uh, board meetings. Do we have that three-minute limit in the county, or are they still at five? Oh, they are at three. Yeah, we've been at a three-minute limit for a little while now. I'm trying to remember if this was even a previous board uh, decision, perhaps, to make it a three-minute public comment limit. Um, Currently, our board, you know, and boards obviously can set their own rules on this, but currently our board does not limit the number of public comment speakers at either the you know, we have two opportunities for public comment, one at the beginning, one at the end. I think the requirement on our Open Meetings Act is to have a minimum of one opportunity. So we have two. Um, but, it, you know, it, it is three minutes. It's a three-minute cutoff. Uh, and someone who, who speaks at the first public comment can speak at the second public comment as well. But they can't speak twice during the first public comment. So, um that seems to work uh, well for for you know having citizens uh, giving citizens the ability to, vo- to voice their opinions and concerns and thoughts. Um, we've certainly over the past year or so had have spent many hours actually uh, listening to those comments and you know logging those comments from citizens. So uh, I think if we were to go to five minutes, um, I would I would still be in a board meeting right now, but maybe not. <laughs> Under the Open Meetings Act, can members of a governing panel respond to public comments or are they prohibited from responding? That's a great question. No, I don't think it's a prohibition. Um, I do think it is definitely a uh, Robert's Rules thing and it's kind of a standard procedure. You know, when you're holding a, a public meeting and accepting public comment that in general the the flow is for you know, it is it is literally an opportunity for the public to speak in and speak at the the board or the governing body, whoever's holding the meeting. But there's not necessarily 
uh, an expectation of that of that interaction. And mainly that's for the simple purpose of, you know, the decorum of the meeting and conducting the business of the meeting and kind of efficiency issue. But I don't think it's a legality that it's, it's required. It answers the question then why, in the case of Ottawa County's board chairman, Joe Moss, they do not respond to the public comment. Yeah. That's his decision. It's not a legal thing where he could not. Yeah, correct. I, I believe so. But it's definitely a common thing you would see across almost every public meeting that um, you know you would attend. There's generally not a, a, a during public comment, there's generally not an interplay between you know questions getting asked and answered or dialogue or arguments happening between the citizens and the board. Generally, it is simply an opportunity for the board to listen. And that's what uh, our board does. As county clerk and having to put together the minutes for each meeting, do is there a legal, legal thing that you, your office has to transcribe public comment? Yeah. Or do you just have to say this person from this municipality may, uh, stepped up? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. And I appreciate you bringing it up, actually, because that's a question we get a lot. So our, uh, our policy, and this is sort of my, my directive and my purview, I guess, as the clerk of the board, is to simply record the people who are there. So your name and where you're from. Um, and the reason why we do that is that, um, you know, if we were to get into a situation where we're literally transcribing everything, uh, for one thing, if we're not doing it verbatim, then we risk... Uh, we greatly risk, you know, adding our own sort of interpretation. Well, here's what I think the general gist of their comments were, and that's definitely uh, dangerous territory for a clerk, <laughs> and we don't want to get in that territory. Um, and so, you know, we, we have video recordings available, of course, on our YouTube channel, and you can go online to uh, miottawa.org and find, you know, there's a link to every single meeting, videos posted there, and that's what we encourage people to do if you really want to know exactly what was said, but we definitely don't, um, you know, transcribe any more than that. Okay. That sense. Because I know some governmental entities will do a summary, yeah. Yeah. but they are far, there's far fewer public comment than it would be, which has been over the last 13, 14 months with Ottawa County, especially, right. uh, far fewer than what you would have to do. Yeah. And that, and that is, again, it's a, a, a practice thing. It's a preference thing. And it's something that we've actually done for a number of years. Uh, as long as I've been, uh, the clerk, the 15 years that I've been with the County, um, we have not transcribed, you know, uh, public comments, uh, other than to say that, you know, the name of the individual and where they're from. Uh, and I think it's generally just a best practice under Robert's rules to, to minimize, you know, the, our real job, and I remind our staff this a lot, is to record the actions of the board for posterity. You know, we, we keep those records permanently. When the board votes on something, that is my job to record it. Uh, and I'm obviously recording what happened during the meeting, such as, you know, so-and-so got up and spoke. Um, but the real responsibility there is to record the actions of the board. To just wrap things up in a nice little bow tie here, the reason we brought this particular subject up is, again, uh, the Holland City Council, during its work-study session tonight, uh, after its business meeting, will consider uh, making changes to its count, uh, council rules. And one of those changes would be shortening public comment in work-study and business meeting sessions to 
three minutes from its current five-minute rule. If you have a question for Ottawa County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Justin Roebuck, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. We will preface this segment with basically me reading wire service copy from this morning. <laughs> More than 18,000 voters have cast an early in-person ballot in the presidential preference primary in Michigan. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says nearly 766,000 people have also returned their absentee ballots ahead of the February 27th election, which is next Tuesday. This is the first election with statewide early voting for at least nine days. And Benson says that if you are voting absentee, you need to physically take your ballot to a Dropbox or the clerk's office instead of putting it in the mail now. Mm, yeah. First of all, we'll hold off on the ballot absentee ballot uh, di uh, distribution for a moment and go to the early ballot. In Ottawa yeah. County, what's the numbers? Yeah, so as of last night, so last night was our sort of our late night, our first evening session of early voting, which ended at 7 o'clock. Uh, we had 664 total votes that were cast from Saturday until last night. And so obviously our vote centers are open right now. Um, and those numbers are increasing today. Uh, but actually yesterday was our biggest turnout day overall. Um, and so it's been really fascinating. I mean, things have been going really well. Been, it's been going smoothly at our four vote center locations. And truly, we just weren't quite sure what to expect uh, in terms of numbers, in terms of turnout. And so... You know, while while 664 voters is a relatively small number as a, in terms of a percentage of our registered voter population, I think it's a great uh, test run for you know our early voting processes that are going to be continuing the rest of this year in the August November elections, and just kind of allowing us to get some tweaks to the system, some adjustments. Uh, we were out yesterday morning uh, putting some more wayfinding signage up at some of our locations, and just kind of streamlining our processes, but. Overall, it's been really positive, and we've had um, actually good, really great feedback from voters, too. What's been the most notable thing that they've noticed or maybe something they've noticed that uh, you can tweak and get ready for the August primary? Yeah, no, great, great points. Um, so one thing that I've been really interested in is um, the number of people just anecdotally that I've talked to. You know, we only have four sites and these are anyone in any area of Ottawa County can vote at any of these four sites. Um, and I've actually been on the ground in the site sort of helping out, of course, members of our team that are doing a phenomenal job and working through uh, the precincts opening. But as I've talked to voters, one of the fun things that I've heard is, you know, this is my first time in, in years to vote in person because I have, you know, XYG job or I'm out of town a lot. You know, on the the weekdays never work for me. I talked to several people over the weekend who who just said, you know, I can't ever quite make it work with my job to get in on election day. And I've been voting absentee for a number of years, and now I can vote in person. And that was really cool to hear. Um, I think there are really some positive things there. I think in in terms of things that can <laughs> that can change, the wayfinding signs were suggested by a number of voters, uh, especially over here at the Holland office. So our Holland early vote center is actually in the building directly behind that brand new, beautiful fire station in Holland township in the, uh, James street. So if you know where that is, um, but the County buildings, I mean, there's like five buildings back in there. 
And so one of the things we're hearing from people is, where am I going? So we didn't have enough signs out, and we made sure we put some more out. But overall, I think, um, you know, we're taking a lot of suggestions from workers uh, as well. Our training materials were developed, um, you know, relatively quickly by our team. And, you know, as we got input from the Bureau of Elections, there's just a lot of stuff that happened really uh, down to the wire, I feel like, for us um, across the state of Michigan. And that was really because the legislature waited uh, six months to give us implementing legislation, and then the Bureau of Elections had to develop a lot of procedures and policies. And so we're kind of working through that, but we feel great about the, particularly the security elements that we've put into place. We've kind of gone above and beyond the required things here in Ottawa County just to make sure that we're doing things right and we feel like we've got a good procedure in place. Um, but we're going to keep working on that stuff. This might be a duh question. That's my phrase for it's so obvious I shouldn't be asking, but I'll ask anyway. Sure. This seems to be maybe an ideal type of election to work out some of the kinks for the primaries in August and the general election in November with this early elect this early voting period. It's almost as if yeah. yeah, this is a good test run period. Yeah. You know, we say that in election administration a lot about this year, in a presidential year, that's our biggest I mean, it is, it's the big, it's the big show, right? It's the, the November presidential election is like Christmas and Easter at church, or it, it's a big deal. And I think in, in these years, it is really great to be able to have, you know, we have an extra election almost in the presidential preference primary. So we've got another election to work through our processes, to make sure our training is up to date, to make sure that we are efficient and that we know exactly the procedures and you know stuff that we're doing. And so that extra election always helps, particularly though this year. I really am thankful that we have this sort of testing ground. And it's a real election. It's not, you know, just a testing ground, but it is certainly a lower turnout election. You know, presidential primary generally generates about 35, 40% uh, tops, you know, 40, well, I think we've had one 45% turnout, but generally it's low. And, um, you know, we, we want everyone who wants to vote to vote, but we're also taking advantage of an opportunity where we have a little bit more time in the precincts to develop, you know, how the flow is going to look and what things are going to look like and how things are going to work in this brand new early voting process that Michigan's never done before. So it's a great opportunity. If you got a question for Ottawa County Clerk and Register of Teach, Justin Roebuck, He'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Getting back to the second part of that story that I read a few moments ago, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says if you are voting absentee, you need to physically take your ballot to a drop box or the clerk's office instead of putting it in the mail now. Standard procedure pretty yeah. much uh, if. If you're going to vote absentee, make sure it's in the mail no later than a week before the election. Yeah, for sure. Good advice. We usually say 10 days, you know, just to make sure and give give the mail enough time to make sure your ballot's processed. You know, the U.S. Postal Service honestly does a phenomenal job when you think about it. 400 million pieces of mail every day going through the Postal Service. Um, and they prioritize election mail. But at this point, if you still have that ballot, um, make sure you drop it off in person. Uh, or you can come in and early vote as well. If you've been issued an absentee ballot, you can actually walk in to any of our lo locations 
and cast that absentee ballot that you voted in the machine in, in the early voting center. So you have that option also, but don't put it in the U.S. Postal Mail because it might not get there in time. Good morning. You're on the line with Clerk Justin Roebuck. Yeah, hi, Justin. Uh, I'm glad that we now have a constitutionally protected right that we can vote early. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm wondering, do you have a, um, I'd say a prediction, because I think that was a newer thing for Michigan and other states have experienced. And I know it'll only increase, of course, with the presidential election, but also as more people get used to it. Um, do you, what do you think the increase is going to be uh, in the, you know, as far as how many people might vote again next year at this time? Do you have a... Oh, actually, in two years. I think, uh, let me just, yeah. uh, good thing, because the next early elections would be, it's only for state and federal elections. Correct. It's not yep. for local. So yep. we're looking at 2026 then, right? Correct. Yeah. So we have the two more this year, August and November, and then, and, and then 2026 would be the next, the next uh, opportunity. But yeah, that is a great question because that's one that we've been asking a lot. And, you know, as we, it was proposal to pass and as we began to prepare for what this early voting thing <laughs> looks like in Michigan, you know, one of the things that we did was research, and we have a lot of great, uh, I have a lot of friends and colleagues around the country who we're part of, you know, several associations with and had a lot of those conversations. What we find in early voting states where absentee voting is very accessible, like it is in Michigan, is generally a sort of a one-third rule. So a third of voters end up voting absentee, a third in the precinct on election day, and then another third early voting um, and that is sort of the rule that we've sort of gone by in terms of our planning. You know, when we have to order equipment and, and stage the, the polling places, we, we want to try to gauge and, and sort of over plan, if you will, for as many as we think may possibly be coming in. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a, a testing ground. A lot, not a lot of people know about this as we've tried to get the word out. I think as more and more people find out about the option to early vote, uh, even through word of mouth or to talking to friends, it was like, yeah, it was really easy. You know, we were able to do it uh, quickly and efficiently. I think those numbers are going to grow. Um, and as we've seen over 600, I mean, Georgetown Township Hall had 90 voters yesterday, which is a pretty strong, you know, turnout for for a small election. You know, it's not a it's not a big. There's not a whole lot on the ballot. There's not a whole lot of contested races like a presidential. So my guess is we're going to see closer and closer to that one third. Uh, margin as we as we gear up for November. I don't think it'd be that quite that high yet as one third of our turnout uh, being early voting. Uh, but we want to plan on that. And we're also collecting a lot of data in the precinct. So we have a line management tool that we have right now on our website. If you go to miottawa.org slash early vote, uh, early voting, sorry, miottawa.org slash early voting, you can see that uh, what the line is in, in any given location. And we update this, uh, uh, this tool every 30 minutes. So that's great for voters. But what's also helpful for us is it gauges, you know, how many people are coming in and when are they coming in so we can better plan for staffing and location and everything else. Justin, let me uh, step aside from the election situation, talk about uh, trying to get everything in line for a new court involving Ottawa County. Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on that move-in date for the brand-new Family Justice Center out of the Fillmore Administration Building. It's a beautiful uh, building um, and almost completely finished. We're going to have a public open house soon that I don't think has been officially announced, but it'll be fun to show um, you know, show all of our taxpayers and all of our citizens what the 
the new building looks like. And I think it's going to be great for families. What's, what's cool about this building is that it puts all of our family-related cases and court uh, work together in a single building. And so we have the ability to serve customers better through that. You know, it's going to add some additional courtroom space, which I think will be important as we keep growing as a county. Um, and our family judges, the judges who handle those family cases, and obviously my staff who serves our judges, uh, will all be able to be in the same location. So it's going to be fun to see that space sort of fill out. And um, we'll be definitely inviting everyone in the public to come in and join us and take a look. It'll make it easier. What makes it a little bit easier in your situation is that a I will say, I'll stick my neck out, a majority of the court records has been digitized. So yeah. you don't have to worry about having to take boxes upon boxes upon <laughs> boxes of files relating to family court from Grand Haven and moving into the new court building. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we have digitized our, our documents back for decades now, which is great, which handles, you know, deals with almost all of our relevant uh, court cases, a couple of couple of times a year, we might get a case where we actually have to go back into the physical paper file and find something in storage, and then we scan that in, too. So uh, that's definitely positive uh, as well. One final thing, Justin Roebuck, and I hate to throw this at the end, but uh, wanted to get some of the points you wanted to bring out first. I brought this to your colleague in Allegan County, Bob Janetsky, on Friday. I'm going to pose this to you as well. Earlier this month, I got a press release from the U.S. Taxpayers Party of Michigan. A resolution they passed late last month, and I will not read the resolution, but they are basically saying that the U.S. Taxpayers Party of Michigan opposes the use of all electronic counting machines and softwares in any future elections, and that uh, it demands the return of free and fair elections where the counting and recording of votes are conducted through secure, transparent, and audible methods, ensuring that all citizens exercise their right to vote without any undue influence or interference. I love that because we actually do have secure, transparent elections that are conducted through auditable message. And that's, that's actually really encouraging. We're on the same page there. Uh, however, using... A uh, hand count method only is how third world countries elect dictators. And I am very thankful for the election equipment that we have uh, that counts votes accurately, that is tested in public settings prior to every single election, and that is also audited after every single election. We go through a 77-point checklist where one of the main features of that checklist is literally hand counting the ballots to make sure the machine's did their job. But I will tell you one thing, I'm very confident in our voting process here in terms of our election equipment and the checks and balances that we have in place. We do have paper ballots, obviously, that are audited. And so I love that. Secure. What was that again? Secure? Fair. Fair. Yeah. And auditable. And we have that. So I'm encouraged by uh, the U.S. taxpayers part of putting that in, but to basically say no more electronic voting. Um, yeah, I think Let's we've seen a lot of examples forward. of fraud and miscounting of votes when, when hand counting occurs, and that's why we use machines that we then audit. Or even the old-fashioned yeah. uh, uh, yeah. pull-the-curtain machines. Lever machines, yeah. yeah. Good point. We don't need to go back to that subject. I've already expressed my <laughs> votes about my thing about missing those. Uh, if you have a question... 
for the Allegan uh, for the Ottawa County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Justin Roebuck. His uh, office phone number is 616-994-4531. 616-994-4531 or online through miottawa.org. miottawa.org. Justin Roebuck, as always, thank you very much. Wish you well over the next few days. Have to take care of election, and we'll talk again next month. Thanks, Gary. Good to be here. Thank you very much, Justin Roebuck on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.